Welcome to the MHC Tech Talks podcast, where we discuss and dissect all manner of legal issues in the tech space with a particular focus on new technologies. We also take a look at some interesting current issues in legal and more general press publications. I'm Brian McElligot, and I'm joined by Michaela Heron. Hi, Michaela. Hi, Brian. Michaela is a life sciences and product regulatory partner in MHC. I'm a partner in the IP department, and I specialize in transactional and commercial IP, including AI. This is episode one of the MHC Tech Talks podcast. Today we'll be chatting about digital health and GDPR, a topic which I'm sure will be of interest to a huge number of digital health technology companies. Digital health technology is a growing presence in our day-to-day lives, from the step counter in your smartphone, to online consultations with the GP, to AI, virtual patient monitoring. The term digital health captures technology of varying complexity, but all with a similar aim of engaging with and improving an individual's health and lifestyle. Given the evolution and rising popularity of these technologies on the consumer market, we are looking at some important data protection considerations that are setting the tone in this new area of digital health products. I'm delighted to say that we are joined today by three members of the MHC Commercial and Privacy Team who will take us through some important data protection considerations that are setting the tone in this area. We have Mark Adair, a partner. Uh, Rory Hennessy, an assistant, and Rachel Byrne, a trainee from the Commercial and Privacy team, who are here to speak with us. Uh, let's dive right on in. Mark, can I begin with you? What's so special about health data? Hi, Brian. Hi, Michaela. Thanks very much for having us today. I think the important thing to begin with is the fact that health data is of a particularly sensitive nature, and so its misuse poses greater risks to data subjects. So because of this fact, The GDPR designates health data as a special category of personal data, and what that means is that it has to be given additional protections. So digital health companies will need to take a lot of care if they're processing health data. And when trying to make their app fit for purpose, our digital health technology clients have a number of questions. For example, how do I process health data lawfully? What privacy notices or pop-up messages does my app need to display? If my digital health app uses AI, does that impose any additional restrictions? And are there any restrictions around using automated decision-making? And we're going to touch on all of these in our discussion today. Okay, Rory, to take the first of Mark's points there, can you please take us through how a business can process health data lawfully? Hi, Brian. Of course. Firstly, as a business, to process health data lawfully under the GDPR, you must meet two requirements. One, you must have a lawful basis for your data processing. Common examples of a lawful basis under Article 6 of GDPR might include contractual necessity or legitimate interests. Then two, you must also be able to satisfy one of the exceptions in Article 9.2 of the GDPR. A common example of an exception is the data subject explicitly consenting to the processing of their special category data. I think at this point it's very important to clarify, Brian, that no link between the two is required. In other words, the choice of lawful basis under Article 6 does not affect the special category condition that applies. So, for example, relying on a data subject's explicit consent to process the special category data does not mean that you must also rely on consent as your general lawful basis. You mentioned explicit consent there, Rory. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean there? Sure. I've mentioned explicit consent because, generally speaking, relying on this special category exemption may be a common choice for data controllers who provide digital health technologies. However, it is important to remember that consent has a very specific meaning for the purposes of the GDPR. For consent to be valid, 
The GDPR requires that it must be expressed by a clear affirmative act, be freely given, be specific, informed, and unambiguous. So, for example, if we were to download a fitness app, the data controller of that app may require us as users to take a small on-screen box indicating our consent to the specific data processing. For our consent to be informed, that data controller must provide us with adequate and transparent information about that processing. A good example of how to do this would be to display a clearly written privacy notice informing the individual about their rights under the GDPR. Thanks, Rory. Rachel, Rory mentioned privacy notices there. Um, what's so important about them in terms of processing this type of personal data? Thanks, Michaela. That's a really important question. Processing personal data in a transparent manner is a key requirement to show compliance with the GDPR. Digital health technology companies should therefore be as transparent as possible regarding the information they give to users about their processing activities. A good starting point towards meeting these transparency obligations is a carefully drafted and publicly available privacy notice. Under the GDPR, privacy notices must provide clear, intelligible and concise information to individuals in relation to the who, the what and the why of the processing. When dealing with vulnerable adults or children, information about data processing must be especially transparent, and drafting privacy notices appropriate to the level of understanding of these audiences will require special consideration. Thanks, Rachel. Are there any challenges in relation to the provision of privacy information to users? Sure. So one challenge that may arise in the context of mobile apps, wearables and fitness trackers is the manner in which privacy information is actually provided to users. Providing sufficient information to users may prove a little more difficult with wearables and small screen devices. With this in mind, digital health technology companies may need to consider an alternative means of providing information. For example, through the use of easily accessible online privacy notices and appropriate linking and layering of full privacy policies. Another transparency consideration arises for digital health technology companies who deploy black box or complex artificial intelligence interfaces. Before launch, they must ensure that they're able to show users clear and detailed information about how their technologies will collect and process health data. This will need to be balanced, of course, against their own wish to protect their trade secrets and any details of any customized AI algorithms that they deploy. Thanks, Rachel. Rory, can you explain to us some of the issues around minimizing data versus maximizing AI development? Absolutely, Michaela. Well, firstly, the GDPR principle of data minimization requires that you only process adequate, relevant, and limited personal data of individuals. Digital health technology companies need to pay particular consideration to this and how they can reconcile this requirement with their AI technologies, which often collect data automatically and require large volumes of it to work most effectively. In many ways, AI technology is still in its infancy, and with that in mind, as a developer providing products to the digital health market, adopting a restrictive approach from the outset, limiting how your technology can collect and process user data, may not sound ideal. The problem is, is that AI technology struggle to learn from minimal amounts of data, and that essentially makes them less useful to us users. In turn, developers may also then have less incentive to create and improve these machineries if they cannot provide them with the volumes of data they need in order to really develop. What about um, automated decision making? Does, does that have an impact on these apps? Sure. The GDPR requires that any automated decision which will have a significant effect on an individual be subject to human oversight. For digital health technology providers, this will be of significance where, for example, their machineries are 
making diagnostic decisions about users or where decisions about maybe a person's health insurance use data from a health tracking app. As you will expect then, the automated decision-making principle applies more strictly when you process health data as special category data. Here, the GDPR will only allow you to rely on explicit consent or to show that the processing is necessary for reasons of substantial public interest, which can be quite a high bar to reach. Given the difficulty in satisfying these alternative options, we think that reliance on explicit consent will remain the primary option for those processing health data using automated decision-making technologies. Um, Rory, are there any other kind of key items that the developers of this area need to look out for? Sure, I think on a final note, you, you must really remember that any consent that an individual provides must always meet the requirements of the GDPR that I have just outlined. The health technologies in question should also be able to properly facilitate the exercise of a data subject's rights. For example, they should be accurate in their decision making, they should be non-discriminatory, individuals must have the right to challenge the decision, and so on. We believe then that the solution for most AI digital health providers may be to ensure that the artificial intelligence underpinning their technology is not the only way to make significant decisions about an individual. However, providers will also then need to consider the meaningfulness of the non-AI involvement. So, for example, have they provided employees with the necessary training to allow them to question the AI decision? That's very much, Roy. Mark, uh, do you have any final thoughts on this? Yeah, I do, Brian. We recognise that the obligations imposed by the GDPR that we've discussed on this podcast may appear daunting to digital health technology companies at first glance. For instance, the potential financial and reputational fallout from a technology that gathers personal data or which is technically insecure could be significant for an organisation. However, I think it's very important to emphasise that it is possible to develop practical digital health technologies that meet all of the data protection and privacy requirements. And the best examples we see often occur through active engagement with both the technology itself and also the legal principles that underpin it. And if companies can do this at the outset and get together the technical, commercial and legal stakeholders, the company should be well placed to manage the complex law and regulations that govern this area and in turn that will allow them to provide the cutting edge revolutionary health technologies that have the potential to enhance the lives of their customers. That's fantastic. Thank you very much Rory, Mark and Rachel. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today. It was uh, fascinating and very interesting. Um, so it seems to us that early advice and intervention in the product design process is key to striking the right balance between regulatory compliance and optimizing product specifications and performance. It's important to note in this regard that the area of digital health in particular is going through some regulatory changes at present, particularly arising from the EU medical devices regulation, which all technology companies um, who are manufacturing medical devices must be compliant with come May 2020. We're actually going to be discussing these regulatory issues in episode two of our MHC podcast. That's great. Look forward to it, Michaela. Uh, as well as existing regulation and those soon to be enforced, technology companies in this space also need to keep an eye on the future regulatory position in the EU. No doubt many people will be aware of the EU's drive for developing a regulatory regime for trustworthy AI. A recent update came from the incoming president of the European Commission, who announced plans to introduce legislation on the ethical implications of artificial intelligence in our first 100 days in office, so watch this space.